please join me in prayer. Gracious Father, you speak to us through so many different ways. But Lord, you speak to us through your word. Might your word be a lamp to our feet. For Lord, your word is truth. Amen. How many times have you heard me say that my wife and I had three sons? Our three sons have a common gene that runs in them. I'm not saying it's a good gene, but they have this common gene. They get it from their old man. When they were young, my wife and I used to be out in the yard with them and we would be taking care of flowers or cutting the grass or digging gardens. We'd be out in the yard with them. And we always lived in a parsonage. But all the parsonages we ever lived in had big trees. And it would never fail. My wife would all of a sudden pop up and say, Dick, where's Mark? And I'd look around, I'd finally look up in a tree, and then I'd turn back to her and I'd go, and she'd look up in the tree and she'd see him, and they, each of them, when they were caught up in the tree, would giggle mightily. They got it legitimately because their father loved to climb trees. Never fell out of one, but loved to climb them. So when our first granddaughter came, I don't remember the reason, but Mark and Patty had to go somewhere, and it was a beautiful day, and uh, Jamie was with us, and there's mom out in the yard working, and there's grandpa out in the yard working, and finally grandma looks at grandpa and says, where's Jamie? And I look around, and I caught these two eyes. So I turned to Shirley, it, it, and Jamie just giggled herself, almost fell out of the tree giggling, because she was able to hide from Grandma. Well, in our text today, we have a guy that went out on a limb. His name was Zacchaeus. We don't know a whole lot about Zacchaeus. The Bible says that he was a tax collector, strike one. He was rich, strike two. Zacchaeus, his biggest problem was, as chief tax collector, he had to collaborate with the occupation army of the Romans. And the Jews hated him for that. Tax collectors were disliked more in their day than our income or internal revenue service people today. 
the job of the tax collector basically was you get as much money out of the people as you can get. A certain percentage went to the, the government, the rest of the tax collector got to keep. That's strike two, that he was rich. But he had a third strike on him. He was short. He heard that this Jesus guy was coming into town. And there's no doubt which way. I mean, the town had one way in and one way out. I mean, if you went through a town, everyone knew where you were going to be. And so there in Jericho, he said to himself, I assume I'm going to go see this guy. And as the crowd began to gather, and maybe Jesus was just entering the town, he discovered he was behind all these people. And, and I, it's not written in God's Word, but I sort of suspicion that all the men in the town, they knew he wanted to see, so they would move over so he couldn't. And when he moved, they'd move. I mean, how else do you get even with a tax collector? So, he had this idea, I'm going to run up ahead. He found a sycamore tree, he climbed up in the tree. Now, I don't think he really wanted to hide from Jesus, but he didn't want to stand out. And lo and behold, Jesus comes to the tree. He looks up in the tree, and, uh, and unlike my granddaughters and sons, I'm certain he didn't giggle or laugh. Um, because they were hiding from grandma and grandpa. Um, I'm fairly certain that he was scared to death. But Jesus looks up and says, Zacchaeus, I want to stay at your house. Now, the text tells us this wasn't too popular with the people in the city of Jericho. Matter of fact, I guess they had some pretty harsh thoughts about Zacchaeus and what Jesus was doing. But you know, here's the whole point of it. Jesus was confronting Zacchaeus. The same as he confronts each one of us. In the case of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus had a major change. He says, Lord, I'm going to give half of everything I have to the poor. Tracy won't have to stand up in church and ask for gifts for the food pantry. And besides that, if I cheated anybody, I'll pay him back four times whatever I cheated him out of. Now that's a change of heart. That's a big change of heart. Can you imagine what was happening in Zacchaeus? First of all, giving up something that his money. Who among you wants to give half of your income or half of your goods to to the church. 
Think of what he was giving up in pride. Even though he was a tax collector, he was still a proud man. And here he was humbling himself to give things to the poor and to pay back everyone else that he may have cheated. And think about his own place in the community. How it must have really, it must have really hurt as far as his lifestyle went. But you know, when Jesus confronts somebody, he captures them. He captivates them. He grabs hold of them. And that's the important part. That Christ is so concerned even about a tax collector that a change like this could take place in his heart. What about us? What if we were in that situation? How would you respond? Would we be as quick to do something? You know, Christ can... Uh, Christ challenges us constantly. We in the Lutheran Church, we always encourage people when they're baptized or having a child baptized to do it publicly. Why is that? So that each one of you can again be confronted by God's promises that were made to you when you were baptized. Like me, I was an infant. I don't remember what was going on. And I baptized a couple hundred children since that time. I don't remember from my, the day, my baptism, but I do from all the other baptisms I've seen, that in that baptismal service, God says, you shall be my child. Wow. that I'm now one of God's children. That should mean something. He says the second promise to me, not only are you my child, but whenever you're really sorry for your sin, I'll forgive them. You know, when I was in school, they had blackboards. Wrote on them with chalk. And if you talk too much in class, you had to wash the blackboard. And you know, you could erase it, but you could always see what was there. Now, God comes in with a wet cloth and he washes that blackboard so that you can't see any trace of anything else when he forgives a sin. That's the second promise he made to each one of us. And then to top it off, he hits us with the third promise of baptism. When you die, eternal life is yours. Those are three mighty big promises. And whenever we have a baptism, we're confronted by those promises again. And we have to respond. We can't keep quiet. That's why we come every Sunday. When we come to worship, 
We see all those other faces around us. Some we see all the time. I, I talked to one lady after the second service, and I said, you know, I don't think I've seen you here before. And she says, oh, I come when I'm in town. I'm on the road a lot. Apparently she's in a traveling salesperson, I guess. I, I didn't, wasn't able to talk to her that long and find out. But whenever she comes to church, she's confronted by all of your smiling faces. God's people. God's redeemed people. Forgiven people. Whenever we come to service, we hear a confession of our, our sins. A public confession. And we hear that God loved us so much that Jesus died and doggone it, He even forgives us. If we, like we're promised in baptism. We come to communion. Now, I forgive me, I'm old-fashioned. I still enjoy it when I go to a church and we have to go up front and kneel. Now, I realize in a bigger church when you have a lot of people, you have to run communion differently. I still enjoy that time that I can come in and kneel while the pastor passes the bread and the wine. Some or other, maybe we need to try that one service. Probably won't have anybody here that Sunday because, but he confronts us with his body and his blood. He loves us that much that he's willing to reassure us constantly. You know, last Sunday, Pastor Saunders spoke about Time, talents, treasures. And he added a fourth T. He said tithing. And, and he's right. That helps us understand what the first three T's are all about when we commit ourselves. 10%? Well, not everybody can afford that. But commit yourself to something of your time, your talents, and your resources, your treasures. That's another confrontation by Christ. And why does He confront us? He confronts us because He loves us. How do we respond? I'm certain some respond very tentatively. But we love this church. You know, I've only been here a year. I don't know everybody. As a matter of fact, I know very few of you. But I see your faces every Sunday. And that makes me very, very proud to be associated with this congregation. Because your being here is telling me you love our Lord Jesus Christ. I love our Lord Jesus Christ. You're a brother or sister of mine. And that's what it's all about. God loved Zacchaeus. God loved all those people that didn't want to speak too highly of Zac. I didn't really know him by first name, but I'll call him Zac. But he does know each one of us by our first name. And He loves us. In my case, I know He loves me in spite of me. 
and I have his assurance that he loves each one of you the same way. We are called, we're chosen to reach out. To reach out with God's love, sometimes with our resources, sometimes in ways that we don't even understand right now. All because God confronts us and says, you're one of my children. Whenever you ask for forgiveness, bingo. And eternal life is yours. That's the confrontation that he has for us today. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your Son who loved us so much that he was willing to die for sinners like us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen.